Hello, this is Supriti from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 26th of July. India reported 39,361 new coronavirus cases in the last 24 hours, which takes the country's tally to over 3.14 crore. 416 people lost their lives to the virus yesterday, pushing India's death toll to over 4.20 lakhs. These numbers, however, must be regarded with skepticism as they are likely undercounts. Dr. Pooja Khosla, a senior consultant in the Department of Medicine at Delhi's Sir Ganga Ram Hospital, told Hindustan Times yesterday that a small increase in COVID cases has been recorded in India. She warned that infections could increase exponentially at any time and that all efforts needed to be made to prevent a second wave-like crisis. 19 months after COVID-19 stopped the world in its tracks, the United States is again witnessing an uptick in cases with more than four times the rate a month ago. The New York Times reported that while the more contagious Delta variant may be getting the blame, the real reason was vaccine hesitancy and refusal. The publication reported that about 30% of adults have not received even a single dose and the percentage is much higher in some parts of the country. A recent poll by Morning Consult, a data intelligence company, found that America has a higher rate of vaccine opposition than any other country that they tracked besides Russia. The Bangladesh government yesterday warned that there would be no space left in the hospitals for patients if the COVID-19 cases in the country kept rising at the current pace. The government had eased the strict lockdown in view of the Eid-ul-Azha festival last week. However, on Friday, it reimposed a stricter 14-day nationwide shutdown to contain the spread of coronavirus. A massive landslide killed nine tourists and injured three others in Himachal Pradesh's Kinnor district yesterday. Indian Express quoted Kinnor Superintendent of Police SR Rana as saying that eight of the victims were killed in the minibus that was knocked off the road and fell in a ditch. The ninth succumbed to injuries in a nearby hospital. Four women and five men are among the dead. The tourists were on their way to Sangla from Chitkul. They were on the Sangla Batesri road near Batesri village when a massive landslide occurred in the hill above them, sending several huge boulders rolling down the slope. Visuals on social media showed large chunks of rocks crashing down the Sangla valley, destroying an iron bridge in its path in Batesri village and some houses as well. Himachal Pradesh Chief Minister Jairam Thakur has announced an ex-gratia amount of 4 lakh rupees each to the families of those who lost their lives in Kinnor. He added that the treatment of those injured in the landslide would be taken care of by the government. Last week, the meteorological department had issued a warning for landslides after predicting heavy rainfall in Himachal Pradesh. The Hindu reported today that the center owes various newspapers and magazines more than 147 crore rupees for running its advertisements. Some of the 76,000 outstanding bills date as far back as 2004. Aniket Gaurav, a Meerut University law student, obtained the information under the RTI Act. The Defence Ministry is the largest debtor for the print media and it owes over 16 crore rupees. For TV news channels, it's the Road Transport and Highways Ministry, which is yet to clear bills totaling 67 crore rupees as of June 21, 2021. Interestingly, the government's RTI Act response stated that in the case of the electronic media, a full list of the number of outstanding bills was not readily available, 
nor were records maintained regarding the date of the bills. Aniket told the Hindu that he had filed the RTI because he was concerned about the number of newspapers shutting down. He said that since government ads constitute a large part of revenue, he wanted to find out whether the government was paying for its ads on time and which ministries had unpaid bills. Aniket's curiosity has revealed the fundamental flaw in our news ecosystem that we at News Laundry have been consistently trying to bring to your attention. Relying on government advertisements or even corporations is not a sustainable business model for news. How can it be? Okay, let me ask you a question. Why did it take a college student filing an RTI query to reveal a sorry state of affairs in our media? I'll tell you why. If the newspapers or TV channels for that matter raise their voices against the very institutions that sustain them, then their revenue channel would be cut. They have not only been forced into helpless silence, they have also failed at their essential role of holding the government institutions accountable. News Laundry does not care about the whims and fancies of governments or corporations. We work on the principle that people want and deserve fair and credible journalism. And so it is to the people that we look for support. We report on stories that matter and relay those stories in the form of podcasts, interviews, videos and written reports. You can find our work on newslaundry.com. Among our latest reports is one by Tanishka Sodhi. The report focuses on how a clause under the Special Marriage Act is being exploited to target interfaith couples. The law requires couples wanting to have a secular marriage to file an advance notice, which is then publicly displayed with all their personal information. The report is titled, How Hindu Vigilantes Are Exploiting a Special Marriage Act Clause to Target Interfaith Couples. While you're there, you can also check out Gobind VB and Karthik Kakkar's data story analyzing India's Olympic contingent. Through the report, they pose questions such as how many athletes are representing India, in which competitions, and which states are they from. The report is titled, Numbers Game – Who Has India Sent to Tokyo Olympics? Reports such as these take time and resources. So if you want us to continue to bring you the stories that matter, then subscribe to us. Our lowest subscription starts at only 300 rupees a month. In an interview with the Press Trust of India yesterday, Congress leader P. Chidambaram demanded that Prime Minister Narendra Modi make a statement in Parliament about whether India used the Pegasus spyware to spy on politicians, journalists and activists in the country. Chidambaram called this a simple, straightforward question that the average citizen was asking. He additionally highlighted that IT and Communications Minister Ashwini Vaishnav and Union Home Minister Amit Shah did not categorically state that India did not use the Pegasus spyware. He thus urged the centre to call for a joint parliamentary committee inquiry into the allegations about the surveillance operation being carried out by the Union government. Alternatively, he requested the Supreme Court to appoint a sitting judge to investigate the matter. The Pegasus Project is an international investigative journalism initiative that has revealed government's espionage on journalists, opposition politicians, activists and others using the NSO Group's Pegasus software. The revelations include alleged surveillance in India as well. And as per The Wire's latest report, a key enforcement directorate officer, Kejriwal's aide, and officials from the Prime Minister's office and Niti Aayog are among those who feature in the Pegasus Project list. 
The plan to install around 500 high-mast national flags across Delhi has witnessed a nearly two-fold increase in its budget. Initially, 45 crore rupees had been proposed under the Delhi government's Desh Bhakti project. The budget has now been increased to 84 crore rupees. In the budget announced in March, the government said that there would be a focus on Desh Bhakti or patriotism, which includes the Desh Bhakti curriculum in schools. In the budget speech, Deputy CM Manish Sisodia had called the tricolor the greatest symbol of our individual identity. He additionally said that the high-mast flags would be installed in such a way that at least one is visible every two kilometers to instill sentiments of patriotism and national pride. According to Indian Express's sources, five of the flags are expected to come up by August 15th in New Delhi, Patparganj, Shakurbasti, Kalkaji and Dwarka Assembly constituencies. Officials have also said that the Public Works Department is conducting a survey of areas such as public places, parks, grounds, residential complexes, etc. to find appropriate locations to install the flags. The United Nations has said that nearly 2,400 Afghan civilians were killed or injured in May and June this year the highest in the country during these two months since 2009. Al Jazeera reported that according to the UN's assistance mission to Afghanistan, 5,183 civilian casualties were reported between January and June, of which 1,659 were deaths. This number was 47% higher from the same period last year. The United Nations warned that without a significant de-escalation in violence, the country was on course this year to record the highest ever number of civilian casualties in a single year. The country has witnessed heavy clashes in the past two months as the Taliban launched major offensives taking rural districts, border crossings and surrounding provincial capitals. This has prompted Afghan and US forces to carry out air attacks to try and push back the group. Meanwhile, Al Jazeera reported the US-NATO withdrawal is more than 95% complete and due to be finished by August 31st. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these tough times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.